Hello and welcome to Outspoken, your dose of the hottest influencer and pop culture news twice a week. I'm Sophie Torber and I'm joined by my sisters and journalists Kate and Amy. On today's show, Sophie Keisha and Mia Plessic go their separate ways. Martha Kalafatidis is forced to return home following a mystery illness. Tammy Hambro's $38 million fitness empire. Kayla Estinas' baby name dilemma and Instagram's massive backflip. But first, we are recording in a brand new studio today. And when I say studio, it's really your home office, Amy, but (laughs) it is looking so flash. Thank you, Sophie. It is a totally new podcast setup. So I refurbished this old wooden table. So we've stripped it back. I've bought new chairs. And my favorite thing has to be this beautiful neon sign. And the amazing team at Custom Neon actually sent it to me. They're listeners of the show. And they heard me saying months ago how it was my dream to have a neon sign. Now, I'm pretty dirty on this because (laughs) I have had the podcast at my house for two years. My partner has put up with a lot of yelling, screaming, (laughs) upset, anguish over it. And I arrived at your house to see your new room with this incredible sign. It is out of this world. It looks so professional. I know. It's it, really set the room up. It has really set the room up. And everybody that's come over to see the new house has remarked how amazing it looks. And the cool thing is you can get any logo you want done. I opted just to have the cursive writing, but you can pick the colors. It comes with a remote control so you can turn it on and off. Well, ours is a signature bright hot pink for Outspoken. Yeah. It looks so cool. It was funny because Amy had everyone over for Christmas in July and she was doing a tour of the house and of course, took everyone through the office and everyone's like, oh, it's so cool. So this is where the podcast is recorded. (laughs) And Sophie's just seething because it's actually been at her house probably for the last couple of years now. Well, it feels very old school to be recording at your Mm. house, Amy, because we initially did start our podcast at your old house. And I got a memory that popped up last week and it said that we have officially had our podcast now for three years oh my gosh and just a fun fact for all of the og listeners we have not taken one week's break so we have we've almost hit 300 episodes and what a flip there has not been one week that we have not done this show so. it sounds like you're just about to announce that we're going on holidays and we will be taking a five week break no we will not be taking a break yeah, Sophie, I just wanted to add, I know you're very jealous of this neon sign, so you might want to jump at this opportunity. So the team at Custom Neon, they're giving listeners 15% off. So if you go on to their Instagram account, which is at Custom Neon, click on their website, you can find all the details about their signs. So the code is OUTSPOKEN15. Hi, I'm Mia, the founder of Slick Hair Company. Rumours are swirling of a growing rift between former business partners Sophie Keisha and Mia Plessig. Now, Sophie, you need to tell us what has gone down with this friendship breakdown. Well, I'm going to take you back to the start of the year because it was back in February when Sophie and Mia announced they were launching a gender-neutral cosmetic brand together called Isuru. Now, for some background details, Sophie is a former mummy blogger turned entrepreneur who runs a successful pyjama brand called Keisha. As for Mia, she is the founder and CEO of Slick Hair Company, and she is a serial business owner. Now, listeners may remember the infamous quality control incident, which saw Isuru's launch get a lot of attention for all the wrong reasons. And it also saw Sophie Keisha blast our podcast for discussing it. I actually can't believe it was February. It seems like it wasn't that long ago. 
Time is just flying. We're probably uh, well and due for another blasting suit. Mm, that's right. You might follow this segment. Now, Sophie did share an Instagram story of herself at the time quality testing lipsticks before they were packed and shipped. In the video, she explained that she was individually going through 10,000 lipsticks to ensure there were no duds. Now, in the vision, Sophie was not wearing a mask, gloves or hairnet and was seen wiping her nose with a lipstick in her hand. Ironically, the video is captioned, something I learned from my business partner at Keisha is the importance of quality control. Now, the video did receive a lot of backlash, as I mentioned, with many people saying it was a safety breach. Now, as I said, Amy, the video has caused a lot of backlash and negative attention around the brand. Now they're all caught up, let's dive into Sophie's most recent post. So Sophie broke the news to her followers that she is now the sole owner of Isuru. She shared a photo of herself in a striking blue dress, which for those playing at home is Isuru's brand of color. Very good branding there. In the caption, she thanked her customers for their patience and confirmed that all sale orders have been processed and shipped to date. She then used the post as an opportunity to say she is now a one woman show and that she spent the weekend packing the orders. I really hope she had some gloves on her home. That's all I can say. <laughs> when she was packing, yeah. Yes, I hope so. Sophie then went on to say she would be continuing the Christmas in July sale and that all prices are marked down online. Now, when we announced the business pairing in February, I was very surprised at the time as Sophie had tried to distance herself from Mia publicly after she shared anti-vax views at the peak of the pandemic. And it definitely appears that something major has gone down as the pair no longer follow one another on Instagram. Yeah, Mia has even removed iSuru from her Instagram bio and no longer follows the business page. So I think that says it all, mm. really. Yeah, well, she doesn't have a good track record when it comes to falling out with influencers or business partners. Many people first came to know about Mia when she started out as beauty influencer Michael Finch's manager. Now, we don't know exactly what went on, but it doesn't appear to have ended amicably with the pair no longer following one another. Now, a similar thing happened with The Bachelor's Kira Maguire. She appeared to have a very close relationship with Mia, which also came to an abrupt end when the pair unfollowed one another on social media. And I think we all know an unfollow is basically, this is the end of the friendship. Fuck you. I'm not supporting you anymore. Well, it's a public way to say we are not friends. Yeah. The thing is, is anyone surprised? I mean, both of them have huge personalities. I could just imagine the arguments between the pair. I feel like each of them must be blaming each other for the bad publicity. Like, it's like, Sophie, don't say this. Mm. No, Mia, you're the one that's creating bad publicity around this. Well, from (laughs) personal experience, when you do run a two-person business, there's always going to be a fight for control and Mm. who's the boss. And I feel like it would have been a bit of a dick swinging competition. I've got this successful business. No, my business is more successful. They're both big personalities. Well, there is speculation that things ended after Mia's most recent controversy where she compared Roe vs. Wade to vaccine mandates. And this was further fueled by Mia's partner, Justin, campaigning for Clive Palmer's United Party. So it appears that Sophie and Mia have very different political views, which may have caused problems. I mean, I've got to give it to her. Sophie is very clever and she knows that she needs to protect her brand and I think maybe she realizes she made a mistake by doing a joint venture with Mia when she already had such a bad public track record. To me Mia also seems like a bit of a liability and one that Sophie would like to distance herself from. In this instance I'm actually team Sophie. So am I. I mean it's quite obvious that these two aren't my favorite people in the world but 
I don't think that Mia Plessic would be the most easy person to run mm. a business with. And I do also think that there might be signs that this feud or rift or whatever it is could be to do with the fact that perhaps the brand is struggling. It appears that they might be trying to get rid of old stock at the moment, considering they're doing a bunch of random Christmas in July sales. And Mm. that sale has now been extended. So perhaps there wasn't enough revenue to be paying both partners correctly or yeah. you know they didn't it wasn't worth investing both of their time in it and if you look at both of their businesses I mean Sophie has been running Keisha pajamas successfully for a number of years whereas Mia seems to jump from product to product obviously she's had great success with slick stick but it just seems like maybe this was just one business that couldn't be run successfully as a joint business well especially when you consider Mia's partners very controversial political views mm. it doesn't really align well with a gender neutral makeup brand it seems very against what Mia and Justin stand for. All right, something about the UK that has blown my mind is all their takeout restaurants. Think like McDonald's, KFC, um, Burger King. All of their takeout restaurants are like restaurants here. Beauty influencer Martha Kalafatidis has been forced to cut her European stay short after falling ill with a viral infection. The former math star returned home to Australia with her fiancé Michael Brunelli with fans growing increasingly concerned by her online absence. So... What is going on with Martha? Well, speculation about Martha's well-being was first sparked when she didn't appear on social media for a week. And it is highly unusual for the influencer who does make a living off the platform and who has been sharing her travels around Europe. Now, Martha revealed on her Instagram story that she had been bedridden for a few weeks, but is finally back home getting the care that she needs. Michael then confirmed the pair were back with family in Melbourne a month earlier than planned. He wrote on Instagram, cut our trip short, but that's life. So we came back a month early to be around family and more comfortable at home. Was it the ideal way to end our trip? No, but we had an amazing three months overseas, experiencing different cultures, relaxing, having fun and seeing friends. And fighting over sandwiches. (laughs) That's right. Something we are both truly appreciative and grateful for. He then added that not all trips go entirely to plan, but that's just life. We aren't getting caught up in the what ifs because it doesn't serve us. Health is a priority above all else. And that's what led us home. He then went on to promise those who were worried about Martha that she was going to be okay. Now, Michael created headlines earlier this year when he broke the news to his followers that he and Martha were moving to Europe. Now, it all got very awkward because it turned out that they actually weren't moving. They were just having an extended trip. So a lot of his family members were freaking out because they didn't even know about the trip. And they're all like, what the hell is going on, Michael? Well, the interesting thing there is that Michael said that he packed up their house and basically put all of their belongings into storage and they were renting at the time. So I do wonder if they have a house to return home to because considering their trip was cut a month short, it might have been something they were leaving till the end of their trip. And it would be so awful to be feeling unwell and not have a safe, familiar spot to go to. I mean, hopefully she is staying with her family or Michael's family. Yeah, and photos have emerged that actually show just how debilitating this virus is for Martha. So she was spotted in a wheelchair whilst waiting to board a flight in Athens. And Michael has also shared photos of Martha back in Australia with her family. And in the photos, Martha is lying exhausted on the table whilst next to her grandmother. Michael captioned the photo, Yaya can fix anything. Well, we just wish Martha a speedy recovery. It's horrible to see her not well. Hopefully she's back to her vivacious self and her and Michael are sharing their arguments very soon because I very much enjoy (laughs) them. Like I feel like every year has a new energy 
And I feel like this year is really about like the year of just realizing stuff and everyone around me, we're all just like realizing things. 2016, looking good. Now, a few of us doubted the power of Kylie Jenner last week when we discussed how the billionaire had thrown her support behind the Make Instagram Instagram Again campaign. So over the last few weeks, the social media app has been rolling out some controversial changes, which include full screen photos and videos that mimic TikTok and the introduction of recommended posts. But it appears the celebrity power of Kylie Jenner has forced Instagram to backflip. Sophie, what have Instagram said? Well, head of Instagram Adam Maziri addressed the changes on his own Instagram account. He confirmed that the full screen mode was not good yet and said the team is going to have to get it in a good place if it's going to be rolled out worldwide. He also addressed concerns over Instagram moving away from photos and towards video content. He acknowledged there was a shift of people sharing and consuming videos over photos, and as a result, Instagram needed to lean more towards this. He was quick to defend Instagram's recommended posts, telling users that it is a great way of helping creators reach more people. Now, this does make a lot of sense when you see all of these people blowing up on Mm. TikTok, because so many people have said, look, I'm not bothering with Instagram. Because the reach is just so much greater on TikTok. Yeah, the organic reach seems to be incredible on TikTok and people actually are being able to be discovered. Whereas on Instagram, it does seem to be a lot harder to actually grow a legitimate following. And I have noticed this past week, this is really sad, but I have two rabbits. I literally clicked on one rabbit post and everything recommended to me in my feed has been cute rabbits to follow. So it is really trying to mimic that TikTok algorithm that serves up all the content you want to see. Now, it is going to take about two weeks until these full screens are removed completely Mm. from Instagram. I mean, good riddance. Get rid of them now. However, it does sound like they're going to bring them back. I like how it's like, oh, they're not good enough yet, but... It's, people don't want the same thing. People don't yeah. want the same platform. Well, I'm actually kind of surprised that they have backflipped because it shows they don't really have confidence in the product. And I also wondered if maybe Instagram had received stats showing usage was down due to these changes. The thing is, though, you've got to applaud Instagram for listening because obviously what they were doing is a test and the test very much failed. So I'm glad that they're actually taking people's feedback on board, particularly Kylie Jenner, who has been a trailblazer at getting Instagram (laughs) back to being good again. Hi, Women's Health. Sweat trainer Kayla Astina is here. And today I'm taking you through a little bridge tour. As predicted, Kayla Estinas has already started rolling out the pregnancy content and I am here for it. On Thursday night, Kayla shared a video of her and Jay breaking the pregnancy news to their friends and family. And it was pretty funny because underneath the video post, Kayla's sister Leah wrote, ha 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 ha, thank you for not putting the 20 minutes of audio before you told us. Woohoo, baby. Kayla then replied saying, walked in to tell Leah and Mitch, dot dot dot. First thing they say, can I say something? Don't have fucking kids. Just wait a bit. Enjoy life. It's so hard. I need sleep. This is nuts. I feel like if you guys want to have kids, just like wait until you finish traveling, you know, just don't dot, dot, dot. Anyways, what were you guys going to say? I feel like this would be a conversation that we'd have. And then you'd sort of be like, 
oh, like imagine having to have the fake like, wow, reaction after. (laughs) The thing is, Leah has got a newborn. So she's obviously in that newborn Mm. phase where she is just craving sleep. It was quite interesting because in the comments, Kayla also revealed that she has filmed Jay's reaction for her sharing the baby news and she was going to be sharing that soon. So it does seem like she is making a real deliberate effort to actually share more about her pregnancy. Yeah, and on Saturday, she also shared a post on her Instagram feed thanking her followers for their support. And she added, when I look back at my pregnancy with Anna, I wish I had shared more about my experience. This time around is so different. I feel amazing and I've already filmed so much of my journey up until this point and can't wait to share it with you alongside my usual trainer content, of course. It does make a lot of sense because this is the type of content that is so relatable. This is going to help Kayla's brand. I think as we've mentioned previously on podcasts, there has been a real shift mm. in in the whole Kayla Estinas brand. I think it does put a spotlight on you at the same time, though, particularly fitness influencers. We've seen it with Tammy Hembro and Sarah's Day. It'll be interesting to see how once she has the baby, how delicately she does go back into fitness and whether she does. Yeah. I know she does have a pregnancy program already but yeah it will be interesting to see what happens after it cracked me up because on friday's episode we were talking about potential baby names and then over the weekend kayla did a call out for baby boy name suggestions starting with jay and she explained that she's convinced she's having a boy because she felt terrible when she was pregnant with Anna, but this time around it's fine. So she's thinking it may be gender related. Now, Kayla went on to say that she was thinking a J name if it's a boy because Jay and his dad both have the initials JSW. She then followed up with a question box asking for girls' names just in case. She said she was looking for a girl's name with the same vibe as Anna. So Amy, perhaps you should go and suggest mm. Mia. Yeah. Definitely. So what name are we thinking with Jay? Like James oh, is a bit generic. I, I like lo- the name, but I do love the name Jack, but I think that's mm. a bit oh, too generic I was, too. See, I think Jax, like J-A-X, is more the modern version. Mm. So maybe Jax and Anna. Or Jax, the spelling of the of the contestant on Love Island, J-A, was it say, oh, C-Q? That's sort of a fancier name. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's quite clear that this trend of Kayla sharing her updates is going to stay because on Monday, Kayla even put up a poll asking people to guess the gender of her baby. I'm guessing that there is going to be a gender reveal video happening very soon on her Instagram account too. Good morning, everybody. The kids have school, so I'm going to go make them breakfast and then I'm going to get ready for the day. Tammy Hembro has opened up about how she's built her $38 million fortune on the Financial Reviews podcast, This Is How I Made It. It was a very interesting listen, but before we get into what Tammy said, is anyone else shocked at how rich Tammy Hembro is? Um, yes. It's crazy how much money there is to be made in the health and fitness space at the moment. So the Australian Financial Review recently updated their young rich list for 2022, where they rank Australia's top young earners under 40 for the year. While it was rather a depressing read for those of us who are not raking in those kind of paychecks, it was great to see so many young female entrepreneurs killing it. Now, on top of the influencer slash female entrepreneur list was Jessica Seppel and her partner, Dean Steingold, who owns supplement company JS Health. Now, they jointly sat in 24th place with a staggering $426 million. What? Wow. I know. I mean, I buy those pills. They are kind of expensive. Oh, they're I mean, bloody they're good. very good. I know. Shall we, shall we all just start up a health and wellness 
venture then. Let's switch to health and fitness (laughs) podcast instead. It's bloody tempting. So next was Kayla Atsinas, who was ranked in 39th position with $164 million. So her wealth has been split in two since her and Toby Pierce have broken up. So he sat beneath her with the same estimated wealth. Now, I was personally surprised to see that Emily Sky Fit was in 61st position with $95 million. Now, I'm not trying to discredit her success, but she only has 2.7 million followers compared to the likes of Kayla Atsinas, who has 14.9 million and Tammy Hembro, who has 15.4 million. So she is doing bloody well. Yeah, she is. I think I think it comes as a surprise because she's so relatable and mm. you don't necessarily mm. put her like fit her in that same category as having that much money. And I'm surprised. And I'm sure that's a strategic move by all Mm. of them because who wants to ostracize their followers by saying, hey, I'm worth Mm. so much more than any of you. And also sometimes it's followers don't equate to more money. It's like Mm. your engagement and how much your audience love you. Yeah. So as for Tammy, as we mentioned, she is estimated to have a $38 million fortune, which put her in 96th position. Then Steph Claire Smith rounded off the list in position 100 with $36 million to her name. It's funny because now that you've said that Jess Seppel has over $400 million, 38 mil sounds a bit stingy now. You're like, oh, I'm not doing as well. Do you know what? All of these people who are in this rich list, I feel like you guys – Sophie, so you and Kate, you're supporting them. You have JS Health. What's wrong with that? You're supporting kick. a female entrepreneur. No, but I'm saying, like, isn't that crazy? That they funded their lifestyle. Well, well, some some of it. I'm just saying <laughs> this is how popular these these people are. They're able to be so relatable and that you want to buy their products and you want to support them. And then the products are so good as well, well that you continue to buy them. Well, hats off to Steph Claire Smith. She's got 36 mil, but she still had a run-of-the-mill kids party where she made a cake. <laughs> she should have had a few more balloons. Well, just to put those figures into perspective, because all of that money sounds crazy to me. Back in 1983, when the AFR started tracking Australia's richest people, the wealth of the country's 200 richest people was a combined $4.7 billion. Now, nearly 40 years on, the total value of Australia's 200 richest people sits at $469.6 billion. So you can see how much people are now making compared to 40 years ago. And you can see a lot of those people on that list are self-made. They mm. are they own their own business, they're entrepreneurs, and it's incredible. It is amazing to see how many of those people are women. It would be interesting to compare the ratio of women compared to the old list 40 years ago. I am curious. I don't know if anyone knows the answer to this. Is this their gross income? Yes, it would be their gross income, their, their total net worth. It does make more sense because I have heard different agents talking about this rich list and they were saying that sometimes people's PR teams will actually make the amount they've earned sound a lot higher because it's actually good PR for them to be on this list seeming more successful. Yeah, the thing is, when I was looking at the names, I felt like there were a few of Australia's top fitness influencers that were missing. So Sarah's Day and Ashie Bynes really stuck out to me because they have all had fitness guides like eBooks, and they also now have apps that obviously are where the money making is at. And it's quite clear that Sarah's doing well for herself. She recently splashed out at Christmas time and bought her husband a $200,000 boat. She also bought her dad an Aston Martin. And to me, that is the behavior of a very wealthy woman. So again, I was also wondering what the process to get on the list is, because I think 
well, I'm guessing you have to approve your name being mentioned. So it seems like some influencers obviously see it as a way to actually validate them as businesswomen and entrepreneurs, whereas others maybe feel like they don't want that information out there because it no longer makes them relatable. Yeah, that's the thing. There is obviously some jealousy that comes with seeing how much some of these fitness influencers are worth, but it is also very inspiring at the same time. And I I think that it shows these women are very intelligent entrepreneurs and business people that do deserve respect in the industry. Oh, definitely. Now, back to Tammy's interview on the AFR podcast. The most interesting part for me was when she spoke about taking an entrepreneurship class as a part of her business degree at Bond University. Now, firstly, I didn't even know she was studying business at uni. So she said it was at that moment she decided that she wanted to be her own boss and start a business. Tammy said that the entrepreneurship class was the only class that made sense to her and she ended up dropping out of uni because she felt like she wasn't getting anything out of the other classes. Now, I feel like that quote is a bit triggering for people like us that have grown up with uni being pushed as the only pathway to success. Clearly, that's not the case because most of the people that we spoke about just before that are on the young rich list, I don't think went to uni or I don't think that they particularly... I don't, I don't think you necessarily need to go to university to be a success. I think that it's good to have a university degree to try and get your dream job. But as you can see, anybody really can run a business if you've got a good idea and some general knowledge. Well, I think the AFR with their podcast is trying to show young people that there's so many different avenues to success. You don't have to go down the traditional path of going to university. Oh, exactly right. That's what I meant because, you know, we all grew up thinking that the only way to success is going to uni. And it's so far from the truth these days with people having the ability with the internet to start their own business and also creating their own personal reach. Now, another part of the interview that I found really fascinating was when Tammy spoke about her original fitness guides. So back in the day when Instagram was relatively new, exercise ebooks were all the rage. Now, this was, of course, until some smart person realized that ebooks are a one-off payment, whereas an app is going to create ongoing payments. So the first thing Tammy marketed to her Instagram followers was her ebook, which she said she started with an initial investment of just four hundred dollars. So the money was spent paying someone to illustrate the exercises of the program. Now, Tammy says she went through a process of continually elevating the guides until they turned into the Tammy Fit app. It hasn't always been smooth sailing, though, for Tammy. She revealed in the interview that she ended up trusting people she shouldn't have. She explained a supplier to the app ended up taking advantage. She said, I didn't really know better at the time, but I got taken advantage of and actually ended up wasting a lot of money, like hundreds of thousands of dollars. She said the experience made her take precautions. Unfortunately, what I've learned from that is to take precautions and triple and double check things. If you're not an expert in something, consult with someone that is like a third party that could maybe let you know this person is taking advantage of you. I did notice during the interview that Tammy did the typical female thing and didn't give herself full credit for her success. So she said, I think timing did help a lot. In my situation, I got in there at a really good time. Instagram is so saturated now. It's a lot of people trying to do the same sort of thing. Whereas when I started, I couldn't really see anyone doing what I was trying to do. And I think Tammy is selling herself very short here because that's exactly what entrepreneurs do. They see a gap in the market and fill it. 
And I do think people need to give OG influencers the credit they deserve. Of course, it was a lot easier back then to grow your following organically, but influencers really did pave the way. I mean, they essentially created a completely new industry of marketing, that being influencing. And that is the reason why so many of these OG influencers are reaping the benefits so heavily now. You don't yes. care about me. You Another guy walks in here. Now I don't give a shit about you. Don't worry. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't give a shit you about you. You never did give a shit about me. Another no, now I actually don't give a shit about you. You are a liar, actress. Well, now that we're all up to date on all of the influencer goss, we will be changing things up on Friday as a bit of a one-off because we are going to be at a conference for three days for part of our work with our agency, Amy. So, yes. So, we have decided to answer all of your anonymous questions finally that you sent in, part of the NGL link. And we are going to give you the opportunity today to send in any more juicy questions. They can be influencer related. They can be about the podcast. Anything juicy, send it in to us. We will also be answering questions about ourselves. And I've had a look and there are some quite personal questions. So it'll be a bit of a laugh on Friday. Now, just before we go, today's podcast was recorded in the traditional land of the Ghana people of the Adelaide Plains. We pay respect to elders past and present. And we will see everyone on Friday. <laughs>